Friends, let's listen together for the word of God with fresh ears and open minds this morning to two very familiar stories from the gospel according to Luke in the 15th chapter. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him, and the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, this fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. Which one of you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders and rejoices. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one of them, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? When she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so, I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Then Jesus tells them a third story that I think we always should look at when we hear these two, and I will read you just the end of it, and you will hear why. It's the story of the prodigal son, and it ends this way. Then the father said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice, because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. May God add a blessing to the reading and the hearing and the understanding of God's word. So last week, we heard a story that we almost never get to hear, Philemon and Onesimus. And then this week, we have a story that we all know very well. We hear it from a few angles each year. The lost sheep, the lost coin, or the prodigal son. These stories always lead us to that sweet reflection that God is always searching for you, that God's love is always ready to welcome you back with outstretched arms, no matter what you've done or where you've been. God is always trying to welcome you back home. Last spring, I especially enjoyed sharing a children's moment with lots of props talking to the kids about the joy of finding a lost lovey that you might have thought you'd never see again, and then finding it that delight And if you were to walk through this door right here into the newly named Spallet Chapel, you would come face to face with a beautiful painting of Jesus with that lost lamb carried tenderly in his arms. But let's save all that for another day. I think you know that message. I hope you do. And let's try to change our perspective on this passage. I come back to the way it began with these 
Sinners, these sinners and tax collectors, the lowest of the low in society, are surrounding Jesus. And those people were grumbling off to the side, the scribes and the Pharisees, thinking, who invited them? I picture them as elite people, those who were not familiar with skipping meals, those who did not have to grow their own food, those who had the luxury of time to read and study and pray, they could always wash their hands with clean water and dry them on clean, fresh towels, which was so important. And they judged people who worked in the fields and who didn't have fresh water and clean towels. And this made them self-righteous and proud. They considered themselves to be good. And all these other people gathered around Jesus to be lower than them. So I picture them safely ensconced in the temple, copying over sacred scripture, and hearing all of this gossip reaching their ears as pilgrims come from all around the countryside to Jerusalem, and I hear how irritated they must be. I think they thought they were part of this elect group, this special club, and now they're hearing about this upstart, this Jesus. I wonder if they said to each other, is this the same guy who at 12 years old sat here and had so much wisdom, and we would have loved it if he stayed with us and joined our club? But no, he went home with Joseph and Mary. He learned a trade. And now listen to what he's doing. He's just sitting there, out in the fields, sharing his wisdom with just anybody. He's, I imagine them going out to see what this was all about and how they must have grumbled trudging through the dust or the mud and seeing these massive crowds in the fields who had come because Jesus offered healing and love and acceptance, that he would feed anybody who gathered, that he would sit there in boats with fishermen or be surrounded in these fields by women nursing their babies and toddlers wrestling off to the side and interrupting, that he would even take one of those little children and set a child up as an example of what it means to be a faithful person. And then his sermons, they were about seeds and birds and sawdust and falling into pits. He made them look so boring. And they were so irritated. How, how could he have made them look like that? And all because he wouldn't join them. They would go out and sit and listen to him and try to catch him in a trap. So at the beginning of that scripture, they are off to the side judging and grumbling. They are like the lost brother who never wandered from home. They want to make God's love into something they can dole out and control. They want to put speed bumps in its way. They want to set up a system where if you want to get to God, you take a number and wait in line. If they go to a party, they are the ones who complain about the venue and the guest list and the attire and that some people are dancing with too much enthusiasm. So how do we listening to this passage, live like faithful people. What is our commandment for today? What if it's don't be a party pooper? 
If God is having a party, come to it with joy and celebration, and don't look around and judge the guest list. Do you hear that refrain again and again? It isn't really about the lost coin or the lost lamb or about the lost brother. It's about how over and over again we hear, Rejoice with me, I have found what was lost. Rejoice with me. There is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. And about the brother, we have to celebrate and be glad. Because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again, he was lost and is found. So the story isn't told to someone who feels like a lost lamb or a lost coin or a lost brother. It's told to the brother who would not come into the party. There is a saying that Puritanism is the haunting fear that someone somewhere may be happy. (laughs) But that's a bunch of nonsense. Our Puritan forebears were not actually like that, and they did love a good party. And one of the things that they were striving for was an end to a hierarchical society. Our congregational way is based on the fact that no one can be higher than anyone else. No one is closer to God. It's based on just that image of Jesus sitting on the ground in a field and welcoming everyone, sinner and tax collector, just as much as scribe or Pharisee, as long as the scribes and the Pharisees could welcome the others. So what does God ask of us? Of course, the very literal interpretation is come to the party after church and have fun. But I think there is a spiritual dimension to this. What if all of life is God's party? And what if our lived experience is a practice? If we are at an actual party, employing this practice of how to celebrate, how to love and welcome all people, or if we are at, in our everyday lives, how to appreciate each blessing, each moment, each amazing gift that if we pause and reflect on it and think about it, is really beyond our wildest dreams. Being faithful is not just knowing how to be the host, but how to be that guest who can make space for others in this party that is life. I heard someone say that if you want to know if you're being a good Christian, don't imagine how you might treat Jesus of Nazareth if you were to encounter that man face to face. Ask yourself how you would greet and welcome and treat Judas. This is why Christianity is a practice and not something that we can think we have some gold seal and we've figured it out And aren't we terrific? As soon as we do that, we become Pharisees and scribes. But when we sit on the ground, humble ourselves, be open to listening to this message that God's love is beyond all our understanding, that's the practice of being Christian. Maya Angelou said that everything in the universe has a rhythm. Everything dances. So maybe being a faithful person is seeing that we join in that dance, that God and the angels in heaven are rejoicing to see us on this sphere, reveling in all that there is to experience and share. Being faithful might mean wondering each day what kind of guest we will be. Jesus' story begins with, 
Which one of you? And ends with, rejoice with me. Friends, you are invited to the party. Will you come?